Well, good morning. I'm Stephen. I'm the pastor. And uh, we are in a series, in a series called God is God. Everything else is an illustration. Uh, in this series, we're talking about how it can be hard to feel like you have a relationship with God. And the reason for that is because he's God and we're not. Um, he's different from us. He's separate from us in so many different ways. And so in the series, we're looking at the stories in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, to try to understand that God is God and how to have a relationship with him. And last week, we saw that God is in heaven and we are on earth. And, uh, and this creates that feeling of separation from God. Um, but we saw last week that through Jesus, God has crossed the separation. He's crossed the gap that separates us. And so today, we're going to look at God as the creator who made everything. And uh, on this Family Sunday, just so you know, we're going to have a, a shorter sermon uh, because our kids are here and it's going to be a little bit geared. You'll see that it's, uh, it's in some ways geared to be more accessible to them. And so let's start. If you want to um, grab your bulletins, there's the verses that we're going to be looking at from Genesis 1 are there. Uh, there's also a place there to take notes. And so we're going to start in Genesis 1, the very beginning of the Bible, the first two verses. It says this, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And so there was this chaos. Uh, the earth was formless and void and dark. And what was the solution? The solution was the Spirit of God present in the chaos and the word of God, because God speaks and the universe is shaped and ordered. And so God's word and God's spirit brought life and light to everything. And that's a good thing to know, that power and order come from God's word and spirit. Okay, power and order come from God's word and spirit. That's one thing that we learn from this chapter. Psalm 115 that Ben quoted in the call to worship, it says this, it, it's, it's really a it's, a, it's a verse that gets my own heart, uh, it fills my heart, it makes me actually happy. It says this, may you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. And so what does this mean? This means that the earth is God's gift to us. That everything that God made is a gift to us. All of creation, God is giving to us. And so, like, think about the earth, right? Mountains, rocks, oceans, ice, water, trees. The earth shows the diversity of God, the creativity of God, his power, um, all of these things are reflected in the unbelievable world that God has made. And Psalm 115 says it's a gift to us. And so we're going to look at different elements of this gift and understand that it's a gift coming from God. If we look at verse 11 in Genesis chapter 1, it says this. It says, and God said, let the earth sprout vegetation plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed according to its kind on the earth. And so God made vegetation. He made plants and trees. I mean, look at these plants 
It was kind of fun this week to look at some of the most interesting and beautiful things that are part of what God has made. But you see in this, in this photo, in all in these photos, you see variety, you see color, you see pattern, diversity. There's amazingly fine detail. And this creativity shows that God the creator is an artist. If you have ever been made to feel like artistry or creativity doesn't belong in Christianity, I don't think you've seen real Christianity. I mean, God is an artist. I mean, he made all of this. And God says, this is yours. The earth he's given to the children of man. So this is yours. It's yours to inspire you with beauty. It's to show you art and creativity. It's to move you to create things that are delicate, that are beautiful, that are ordered. And it's not just for you to see, but it's for you to eat. We have fruits and vegetables that God has made. Right, that when God, and and it's awesome because when God made food, he didn't just make porridge. (laughs) Right? I mean, look at this. Look at this. He unleashed even more of his creativity and wonder in making fruits and vegetables. God shows that he loves color, texture, variety, and flavor. I mean, think about this, right? When God nourishes us, he also dazzles us. And God says, this is yours. It's not just for nourishment. It's not just for nourishment. Some food is just made to make us happy, right? God invented the sugar cane. And if worship is reflected in what we do, I think I might worship God for sugarcane maybe more than anything else. And God says, this is yours. It's yours. It's a gift from me. And so we see this in the plants, in the food that God has made. Uh, Verse 16 goes on. It says, and God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day. What is that? It's the sun, right? And the lesser light to rule the night. What's that? The moon, right? And the stars. So God made the sun, the moon. I I love that last phrase. God made the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. As though it's just this, oh yeah, and by the way, he made those too. But when we begin to look at the stars, oh my God. Literally, oh my God, stars and solar systems and galaxies, radio waves and color and Like, it's stuff that's not even on the electromagnetic spectrum, so it's beyond the ranges of visible light. And there's all kinds of crazy stuff. And it shows that God is big, right? We talked about that last week. It just shows 
that God is big. It's from the Hebrew word that means big. Like God is big if he made all of this stuff, right? We're talking distances that we literally cannot wrap our minds around. And that's how big God is. And so the sun, the moon, and the stars show us that God is big and he's powerful and he's mysterious. There is so much that we have no idea what's going on. There's so much that science cannot explain that God, even now, with all of the advancements, we're just scratching the surface of understanding the universe that we are careening through at this moment. And God says, this is yours. It's a gift to you. You think, well, how is that a gift, right? Well, I mean, the beauty, the majesty, the awe, the wonder, right? It's a gift to you to inspire you to explore. It's a gift to inspire you to dream, to stretch you, to let you fathom, God says, how big I am, to let you try to grasp how long eternity might be. Science, again, is just scratching the surface. And God says, this is yours. It's yours. Then verses 20 and 21. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures. And let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. And so God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And so God made these amazing sea creatures. He made these amazing things that swim in the water. And God said, this is yours. Yours to catch if you're smart enough. Yours to put into an aquarium and just stare at. Um, God says, this is yours to entertain you, to show you that there are things that you don't understand. There are things that you can't control uh, that show you the wonder of life and color under the water. And then God made, it says, every winged bird. And again, wow, wow. And God said, this is yours. Like this is a gift for me to you. It's to show you more of my art, but also to fill you with the wonder of flight. To inspire you with the technology of feathers, right, that are thick enough to keep warm, but light enough to fly, thick enough to hold air, and to make flight possible. And verse 25 goes on, and God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And so we have land animals land animals, and they are so diverse and so wonderful. And God said, man, this is yours. This is yours. They're all gifts birthed from God's joy-filled creation. 
it's like you could see the smile on God's face as he was creating. Like, oh, wait till they find this. Right? I can't wait until they see this. Man. Then, the last thing that God creates, right, the pinnacle of all creation is verses 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so we are made in God's image and likeness. And in the Bible, this language of image and likeness, this is the language of family. This means family. And so God made us as part of his family. And so literally us, right? He made us part of his family. And we are just as diverse, aren't we? We are just as colorful. Um, next slide. It's your God's image bearers. These are the paid staff at Harbor from our website. Um, and God says that we are made in his image and his likeness. And so what this means is that God created us for a relationship. That all of God's gifts are meant to help us to know God who is the giver. Right? God's gifts show us his fatherly love. They show us that God is our father. And for all of the work that God did in creating, God's not done working. God's done creating the universe, right? He's not creating the universe anymore. But now his work is in his people. So it's in you. It's in me. And this is what Ephesians 2 verse 10 says. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so God's workmanship means his art. That friends, the same God that can dazzle us with the things that he has made is now making and remaking us. Like we now are God's artistry. The word um, workmanship, it's uh, in Greek, it's, it's related to the word, it's a word that sounds, well, it's the word poema. And this, I have a friend of mine who's an artist, and he says the word poema is where we get the word poem. And so what this is saying is that God's, this passage teaches us that we are the poems that God is writing. That our lives, with the ups and the downs, with the challenges that we endure and the strength that we receive to overcome them and endure life in the midst of them, that our lives are God's artistry. We're the poems that God is writing. And, and the question is then, how is it that God works in our lives now? Right, what is God doing? What is this workmanship that God is working in us? Well, it's exactly the same as the way that he worked at creation. It's through his word and spirit. 
that the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. That was in the beginning. Now it's our lives that are often characterized as formless and void. It's our lives that very often are characterized by darkness. And yet the Spirit of God is near us. The Spirit of God is with us. And when we believe in Jesus, when we commit to following him, the Spirit of God is in us. And God begins to speak. His Spirit is present. God's present with us in the same fatherly love. And then he gives us his word. He begins to speak. And so God continues to shape and reshape. He continues to make and remake. He continues to work in us through his word and his spirit. And many of you know this. Many of you have experienced this. You know what it's like to have your life be characterized by chaos. And God comes in and he brings order. He brings love. He brings assurance. He brings forgiveness. He brings affirmation. Where so many of us are chasing after things because we feel like inside we're not good enough, God says, you're good enough for me. Where we have brought darkness into our lives with our own sin, God sent his son. God sent his word to become flesh so that Jesus would die for our sins and God could say, forgiven. Friends, God is still working. And so this, friends, he works through his word and his spirit and this is why we need to know the Bible and we need to know it deeply. The more of this word you can get into your heart, the more you'll experience God's power and his presence in your life. And so devote yourself to this book. And whether you read it yourself or you listen to it, whether you listen to people who know it better than you talk about it or you read books about it, whatever you do, get it into you. Because this is how we experience God. His promises draw us near because they show us how good he is and how filled with love all of his gifts are. And then his commands give us direction and order. And so the commands, they're not meant to drive us away from him. God's commands are meant to be a pathway for us to walk on because that's the pathway that he is on. And as we follow him, as we obey him, it gives us joy and direction and strength. And this is how you experience God. And the same God that has filled this world with wonder and has given all these things to you, this same God will be at work in your life, in the lives of the people around you. And so this is for all of you. And parents, this is for your kids. You want to raise them up understanding the Bible. And, and probably the biggest gift that you can give your kids is to help them to hear repeatedly how God's word has made a difference in your life. 
It's the best gift that you can give them. And that requires that it does something in your life, right? So you devote yourself to the word and then you raise them up, sharing the stories about God, sharing what it means that God is like, showing them all the gifts that God has given and how God has worked in your life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being our God. We thank you for the wonder of what you have made. I thank you, God, that people in your image have gone throughout what you've created and taken pictures so that even things that we will never see in real life, we can see through the amazing reality of media. God, we want to see all these things as gifts from you. And so continue to show us not just your gifts, but show us yourself as the giver. And God, we also thank you that when you made us, you made us to know you. You made us to be in your family. God, we want to respond by thanking you and calling you our father, by loving you and obeying you because all of your good gifts show that you are worthy of being followed. And so we worship you and we commit ourselves again to following you and obeying you. God, for our children, help them to see you in the world that you've made. Bless our parents and strengthen our parents so that they, I know how hard this is, as they experience you, they can share their experience of you with their kids so that their kids would grow up not just hearing about you, but seeing how you're at work. And God, for those who are here and they don't know you yet, I pray, God, that you would touch their hearts and help them, help them to, to bow their knees to you as the good gift giver, the one who sent his son to die for our sins. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.